0: Oh, you, you, you sat on a thumbtack, you fucking dead.
1: Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Great of the Town podcast brought to you by us over at com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You're a complicated cat, Jackward. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone I saw... I saw it in an orange grove. It's Mark. That's me. <laughs> For those of you who are familiar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 2003's Identity, which obviously was a mark pick. <laughs> like, obviously. But. Uh, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and we're going to dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, we're going to spoil the absolute shit out of it. And if you haven't seen it before, that actually kind of does matter for this movie. Oh, it matters uh, a
2: lot. It matters a lot. It matters a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. Roger Ebert spoiled a 13-year-old Jack on this movie, but we'll get into that later. Roger Ebert's a um, dick. <laughs> And hey, we're pretty excited to announce something really cool this week. Uh, for the past few weeks, I've been telling people that like now is not the time to contribute to our Patreon, because there's a lot of other stuff that needs your money more than we do right now, like Feeding America is what I've been saying specifically. Um, that said, we do really ap- appreciate our patrons, and we do have fun over there. So here's what we decided to do for at least the next three months, and after that we'll take it month by month, we're going to donate the entirety of the money that comes in from Patreon to Feeding America. Uh, so you don't have to choose. If, you know, it was kind of on that line of should I donate my money to a worthy cause or to these three jabronis talking about horror movies, you don't have to pick. You get to know your money's going to a worthy cause, and you get access to some of the cool Patreon perks that our Patreon members get, and you get to come have fun with us over there. And those some of those perks include, like, what, voting on Beers for Fears, you get some stickers, you get access to our bonus that comes out every other week at the 80ZHPCPFPP. Um, and anyway, we just think that's really cool. We're excited to hang out with you. Uh, but, you know, if you don't have the cash to swing right now, either way, that's totally fine. We're still going to be here doing this podcast every single week. So, boys, now it's time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for beers. Hey, Mark. Hello, Jack. What are your beers for the 2003 John Cusack vehicle uh, identity? And Ray Liotta and Amanda Pete vehicle. And John <laughs> oh, we're going we'll to <laughs> talk about
0: Ray Liotta. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Ray Liotta. We're going to get into the whole cast. Anyways, uh, this is a movie, like you said, very spoiler oriented. Um, it's a bit of a whodunit. Oh yeah, our beer selections are probably going to spoil some stuff. Very possibly. My beer selection is going to spoil specifically that this is a who it, and throughout the entire movie you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So I'm drinking a Suss It Out Rye India Pale Ale. This is a local Salt Lake City Brewery level crossing. Um, I normally don't like rye, but this one fucking rules, so... That's pretty solid. And I like the
1: local tack we're still taking. Yeah. Um, I, myself, Mark, went a similar direction to you. I'm drinking a Boise Brewing beer from the Boise Brewing Brewery. Uh, This is Hip Check IPA. Uh, This specifically references the roller derby hip checking on the art on the can. Because what are you doing when you're hip checking? You're taking the next person's spot in line. And what is, I mean, this is essentially uh, Agatha Christie's and then there were none. Or ten little Indians or ten little much more racist words, as that story was known (laughs) previously (laughs) obviously um but uh, and what are you doing in whodunits like agatha christie work you're knocking off suspects one by one hip checking them out of the way that's what i got okay jake what about you what are your beers for these fears
2: i am opening it up a little bit guys oh my god i know right oh my god uh here's what's happening so i am still drinking and supporting the breweries in boise that I drink and support to be repetitive. I have a big sticky here from Woodland Empire. They're great. They're our friends. Um, for this particular movie, I found one that I liked, and I, I'm i not going to lie, it's a bit of a shoehorn, but I, I'm, I'm opening this up slowly, much like the country. I'm keeping things pretty close to home, if not exactly at home, and I'm starting <laughs> to support some of the regional breweries that I really like, one of which is Revision. They're from Sparks, Nevada, and they make some of the best hazies on the West Coast. The particular beer that I'm drinking this week for this movie is called Hazy Life, and it's a double <laughs> IPA. A Neapa that's a double. So what is the main character situation here? I, I we'll get into it, but his whole life has been a haze. And it's been a haze because he has multiple personalities, <laughs> much like this IPA is multiple. I was and gonna a double. F-
0: I was I was going to ask which character were you considering the main character, but it's the one who's almost never on screen. Got it, Malcolm. Yes, he's the main character.
1: <laughs> yes, um, yeah. I like that you had to work that hard to shoehorn in a not even a local beer. Um, <laughs> I wasn't that hard. I wasn't that much of a shoehorn. I had to shoehorn
2: the. F- I had to shoehorn it into our you thing. Announced been going it local. as
0: a shoehorn. You, you, no, you were the, the one location.
2: Who said it was shoehorn. The location. You
0: yourself
1: admitted that you yourself suck.
2: the location mark the beer is a good one
0: i i think it it might be worthwhile to note that this uh movie probably takes place near sparks nevada at least in nevada it's possible it is it's announced that it's
2: in nevada um i doubt it's near sparks considering what they're talking about geographically but yeah thanks mark that's actually that's an added thing i went to nevada for it there you go trying
0: to help you out buddy uh
2: i you know what i'm you know you gotta you gotta expand your horizons at some point again so we can't keep doing the boise thing forever
1: that's true, but just to be clear, I mean the country should not reopen yet. That's a terrible, no, terrible plan. No, t- that's not our stance. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I, I just, it, Jake, you have such a deadpan that it's hard to tell when you're joking sometimes.
2: Yeah, it's fair.
0: It's it's based on whether or not I giggle. If I giggle, then it was a joke.
1: <laughs>
2: Mark's really go. bad at reading me. Is the only our- gotcha with that one.
0: And
1: yeah, knowing that's... who you are, which one of the two of us said it? It's
0: <laughs> a valid point. Mm. Good
1: work, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, drinking beers and watching the movie Identity isn't the only thing we did in the horror world over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world, uh, including paying up on lost beers for fears bets. So let's cue that music.
3: Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't
1: possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What a idiot! You suck. Yeah, jackass," he said, hoping that you two might have watched one because I didn't. I have not. Yeah, <laughs> <Jake? laughs> you
2: don't want to redo that take again.
1: No, I'll just record <laughs> like a All right. Well, that was a fast one. Let's cut, cue Scatman and talk about regular Rocking Horror Worlds. We're
0: gonna, so, so just three sound effects right in a row. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Good. <laughs> this is a high production podcast. Scatman's World. All
1: right. I've got a book and a movie to talk about. I'd like to go not first and maybe in the middle. Maybe I want to go in the middle. Maybe I'm feeling saucy <laughs> bar- today.
2: Well, Mark said he had a banger for this week, so we'll let him Mark's be always happy bring and it bangers. go with the last one. He thinks they're bangers. I bring bangers. It better be, a, it better be bangers. A bangers.
1: Actually. I think the last time Mark brought it, he said he had a banger to talk about. It was a movie he was very medium on, quote, unquote.
0: Um, <laughs> so, that's
1: probably accurate. <laughs> yikes. Jake, why don't you go first? Leave
2: yeah, lead, lead the charge here. Of course. Have either of you heard of Antrim or otherwise known as Antrim, the deadliest film ever made? No. No. Great. Well, I watched Sounds it. Sounds like a banger. Uh, so it's such a banger. You have no idea. <laughs> this one's actually got, uh, it has some rumblings right now on the more... It, I'll say found footage side. It's not a found footage movie. It's found in the sense that there is film that they found, but it's presented as like a documentary about a movie that has a kind of cursed film style past. It's responsible for some deaths. So people think because that's how you can kind of like tie things in when just stuff starts happening surrounding a movie. And then they show you the movie from like 1975 but it's it's really it's really good at committing to that bit, so this is not real. this is not a real movie from nineteen seventy five but they present it as such so Antrim, which is the title of the actual film within the film, is like this weird fucking movie about this kid and his bigger his older sister, their dog dies, and then they're like hiking into the woods to dig a hole to hell cuz they're convinced the dog went to hell and it goes off from there and it's like all it's basically like the seven layers of hell um very weird film what I'll say this was super successful at was committing to that bit and i thought that the lead in to when they actually rolled the film within the film was actually it was it was really interesting i was enthralled with it um they had a bunch of people none of which you would you would know kind of discussing the past of it leading from its initial release in the mid 70s all the way to today and those that had kind of come across it only to befall a terrible fate um you have to suspend your disbelief but it's it's still interesting it just it lost me as it started to proceed through what the film actually was uh it's it's a little too out there uh but they they did a pretty good job of making it feel like it could have been ripped right from that year like it could have just been hiding out in somebody's closet and then they found it and decided to make a movie around it with this whole lore that didn't exist like it feels like it actually could have been filmed in the 70s
1: nice i like that a lot and Uh, did you say how you watched it
2: i didn't i watched this on amazon prime um it was a rental that i don't know it's like your three four bucks thing whatever i i would seek this out if you're into that style movie the the ones that you know present themselves as real though they are not and if you like the idea of cursed films which there are a bunch that you could talk about inside horror this one is it plays on that exact thought and thing that exists that phenomenon so it's it's interesting but overall like
1: not my favorite hour and a half of my life okay fair enough what what else you got that's all i got man All right. Well, that is a good transition into what I've got uh, when we talk about cursed films. I'll start with the book. I talked last week about having listened to The Horror of It All, the podcast by uh, Chelsea Stardust and Adam Rockoff, where they kind of like break down, you know, horror truisms and talk about whether or not they're actually true. It's a pretty cool podcast. Definitely go check it out. Um, It's based on a book, at least I thought so, by Adam Rockoff called The Horror of It All. And so I started reading that and I'm nowhere near all the way through it yet but man this is a really fun book it's like an he's like a horror fan but he's like the ultimate insider horror fan and he's talking about certainly cursed productions in the horror world talking about like apocryphal tales of things that happened on set he himself is a filmmaker so he's got a lot of knowledge about how things actually work to talk about this in that lens he's also just a hugely passionate horror fan so it's really cool and I love his voice like the way he writes it's just really fun and charming so I'm really really enjoying the book um, I expect to continue loving it the whole book isn't just like picking unlike the podcast the book isn't just here's a thing that we accept in the horror world let's pick it apart and argue against it or anything like that there is some of that but that's not what the book is it's just like looking at the background kind of inside world of horror it's really fucking cool Nice. Uh, so I am, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, really liking that book. I've uh, been digging into that. And then the movie that I've got to talk about. I can't remember if this came up on HRR in 2018 or not, but I watched the movie Wildling, uh, which came out in 2018. Uh, Jake's nodding. Jake, do you remember this at all?
2: The title. I don't remember anything about it, though.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, so this we is definitely available. had this. We definitely had this on HRR. Looking at the poster. Gotcha. Yep.
1: Gotcha. This is available to stream on Netflix. Um, so it's a very low barrier to entry. It's like a pretty tight ninety kind of a movie. I don't want to say too much about the actual plot of this movie because possible spoilers, or even like what genre subgenres of horror it is. Um, and I don't really want to spoil it. Also, I didn't remember that it starred Liv Tyler as like one of the leading roles, which was interesting. Um, but this is effectively um presents itself as a movie about a a girl who's like raised by a overprotective father who won't is like lying to her and won't ever let her leave the house and is drugging her, all creepy. Who then gets rescued by the police and is like coming back into society as a teenage girl, uh, and then it goes directions and makes choices. Um, and I gotta tell you, for you know, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, and I did not care for Liv Tyler's performance. At all but the movie itself was very enjoyable the the lead girl does a really good job and uh I really like the concept that it ultimately ended up being and there's some really cool scares and creepy imagery which I enjoyed so definitely worth checking out if you got nothing better to it do looks like, like this like isn't one
2: I was going to say it looks like Brad Dourif's the dad in this movie he is which yeah which is cool
1: He's not in it for a tremendous amount of it, but he okay. is definitely in it, yeah. Um, but this is definitely worth your time if you want to check it out, especially because it's just on Netflix and it's relatively short. Uh doesn't need to be a huge commitment, and it's it's definitely worth a watch.
0: Jack, I have a very important yes. question for you. You said Liv Tyler's in this movie. Is this canon to the Armageddon universe? Ooh, you know, it very well
1: might be. Okay. I, I didn't pick up any like uh, red apple cigarettes a la Tarantino or anything like that, but I'm also not that deep <laughs> on Armageddon, so... <laughs> Oh well, we'll have to fix that. I know what I'm getting you for <laughs> your birthday. At, at one point, but somebody me. turned to Liv
0: Tyler and said, "Tell me what you see with your elf eyes, if that means anything to you." So, oh my God, her whole her whole cinematic career is one big canonical universe, <laughs> one big movie. <laughs> I like that. I like that theory. So, yeah. Can also you imagine that's not even the elf middle, they say it to in Lord of the Rings?
2: Oh my God, <laughs> Middle Earth and Armageddon are one in the same. Makes they sense
1: might be,
0: me. Jake. Middle-earth is history, Armageddon is the present day. It's, no, And no. she's an elf, so she lives for a billion years, so whatever. There's no way Aerospace Boom.
2: would have existed on that planet.
1: Fan theory. It's terrible Yeah, yeah. Full-on fan
0: theory. This is great.
1: We're anyway, that's all I got. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. It's called Wildling. It's available on Netflix, and check it out,
0: Mark. Yes, this better be a banger. bangers. This better be my a bangers. bangers. I'm gonna start off with one that is decidedly not a banger, but does have uh-huh. something. It does have a spot close to my heart. Forty years ago today, or possibly yesterday, um, or a few days ago, when you're listening to this, um, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise premiered with Sean Cunningham's Friday the Thirteenth Part One. Um, I watched. I continued my uh, Friday the Thirteenth binge through the whole franchise, and watch Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, which should be more adequately named Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Rides a Boat. Uh, (laughs) So I actually had never seen this one, um, and this movie jumps right into it with some heady discussion of maritime safety protocols. Like, (laughs) they uh, they go hard into details that I don't think were necessary at all. They create this, like, drama between a father and a son about, like, whether or not he's capable of being the captain of his own ferry and all this other shit. And then Jason just proceeds to kill a bunch of teenagers on a boat on his way to Manhattan. So, (laughs) hooray, we got there. Um, Yay! Yeah, dude, this one was a gas to watch. I had a great time. They're getting like more and more fun as we get further and further away from it trying to be serious or I don't I don't really know. I mean they were never really trying to be serious, but I think they kind of figured out what exactly they were trying to do after about part 6. So, I am <laughs> super excited to hit up Jason Goes to Hell next. That's part 9. Um and then Jason X is one of the best movies fucking ever. So, well, okay. there you go. <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus Christ,
0: it X rules, you guys. I don't know what your problems. This are.
2: is why. This is why I don't like it when you say you listen, you watch a banger.
0: Well, this was this <laughs> This was not my banger. I'm getting I, this. Might one. have
2: been your banger.
0: Yeah, hold on. I mean, I and like how, did you, watch, how uh, did you watch? So Friday, all of the 13th, Friday Jason the thirteenth sorry. All of the Friday the thirteenth episodes are on Amazon. Prime. Oh, nice. Yeah, so solid. you can they they went off for a minute, and now they're back. You can find, I think, all of them for free, including the first one. So if you want to go back and watch that 40 years after its release date, you know what? that That is actually a classic. You If it's been a minute since you've seen it last, go back and watch it again. It's a great one. If you're jonesing for more Kevin Bacon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who's not? All right. Um, all right, Mark, very solid. What else you got? Okay, I'm going to shoehorn one that's not a horror movie into the middle here. Um, I have a buddy at work. Shout out to Steve. Uh, He is a big horror fan, and he one of these days he just brought in a sleeve, like one of those like whatever you'd call them, like the book of CD cases things that just has like all the DVDs in it. He brought in one of those that just had like case logic. Sure, one of those. Yeah. He, he brought in a book of DVDs of his horror collection, and I thumbed through trying to find something I hadn't seen before. He loves his B-movies and stuff like that, so there's a bunch of stuff in there that I hadn't really ever heard of or whatever, and he recommended this one to me called I'm Not Scared, which is an Italian movie from 2003. Uh, okay. So I, I watched this on DVD. I have no idea if you can find it anywhere. Um, not what I was expecting at all. Uh, <laughs> and also, not really a horror movie. It's about a Kid who's just like living in the Italian countryside. It's almost reminiscent of The Devil's Backbone or like Pan's Labyrinth in a weird way. It's it's not a Guillermo del Toro movie, and it's set in Italy, not Spain. But it does have a very similar vibe to it. It's a 2003 movie, but it feels like it's set in like the 70s. I don't know if they ever actually give you a year or not. Anyways, horror adjacent, um, kind of like a crime, family drama, thriller thing. It was interesting. I liked it as a detour, and it was something fully unexpected. I've been doing this a little bit recently with a few of my coworkers who are really into horror. They'll bring stuff in that I've never seen, and I throw it on and just see what the fuck happens. And it's really nice to go in. Like, there aren't that many things I can go into completely blind anymore. So being able to pull that off with a few of these has been a pretty good time. That was, I'm not scared. It's an Italian I,
2: movie. I'm just impressed that you live in a world where you can people will bring in movies for you to watch that's phenomenal
0: yeah dude once you start kind of talking about horror movies and like using that as your i don't broadcast that i'm in a podcast although at this point i think everybody knows um but usually if i have to introduce myself with a fun fact i'm like i watch a ton of horror movies if you want to talk about horror movies Let's chat, and then there's always like one out of every like new hire orientation who's just like, "Oh yeah, I love that shit." Let's. What's your recommendation? Have you seen Invisible Invisible Man yet? Whatever.
2: That's interesting. <laughs> every, yeah. like I've never. Yeah, wow. Everyone I ever meet is like, I don't like horror movies.
0: I mean, that's the vast majority, but uh, a few of them. Like the people who might be inclined to listen to this podcast, for example. And then the
2: ones you meet are like, Oh yeah, there's this sick Italian movie called I'm Not Scared and then yeah. you Yeah
0: exactly. Hold you, on, let me bring you in my
2: grow as a human of because of it. This is all very wholesome. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I mostly try to avoid talking to
0: my coworkers. That's <laughs> a, where possible. That's also a decent strategy, <laughs> I've found. Yeah. Not 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 a bad call. <laughs> Last All right, Mark. Banger, banger us. Okay, so there was a movie that came out, uh, actually it came out in 2020, but it was supposed to come out in November of 2019, I think, which is when we covered it, and we all, I believe, chose this as our top one for that month. The Lodge is now on Hulu. So I watched The Lodge uh, last night. Oh, yeah! Uh, This is the one about the kids who, like, uh, not the kids, the family that goes up into a lodge in the in the wilderness <laughs> in into the wintry wilderness uh yeah, um, the lodge place estimation. it has bill from uh from it in it he's probably the highest like the most well-known character in it but there's um Alicia Silverstone also has a little bit of a part as the mom who's not in there. I mean she's in the beginning of the movie but like she gets replaced by this other lady and then the drama comes from like you're not my mom you're wearing her hat blah whatever yeah yeah, yeah. this is um, the good night mommy people Oh, is it? Yeah, they yeah. made this movie. Yeah, this is their follow-up. Interesting. That informs a lot, actually. <laughs> so I don't go in expecting Goodnight, Mommy, because that's not what this movie is, and I didn't immediately make that connection, but I guess like, sort of tonally and visually, that does make a lot of sense. I, the one thing I'll take away from this is that they like v- had a very solid grasp on what their visual style was, and they do a lot of shooting with... I, I wish I knew more... Photography words, but they shoot what must have been like super close up with like a high F-stop, because these rooms are exceptionally long. Like the rooms are normal shaped, but the way they shoot, the lens that they use, yeah, and the closeness they have to the to the camera makes these rooms feel like they're like 40 feet long. Everything is exceptionally distant and like Mm -hmm. cold, which makes sense because you're in a lodge or whatever, but uh I just couldn't really get past their use of space, both indoor. I mean, outdoors, you can just shoot whatever the fuck you want. It's a giant lake. You're, you're, you're always far away from people, but then indoors, they kind of replicate that same feeling of being physically separated from everything. I don't know. Really solid from a, from a cinematography standpoint, from a visual standpoint, impeccable movie. Um, this went to some places I wasn't really fully expecting and I didn't find all that satisfying, but I do consider this to be a great, psychological thrill ride like give this Hmm. one a watch it's a slow burn i am not one for slow burns typically probably of the three of us i'm the least inclined to go that route but if you want like a nice uh you know end of the day cold psychological cultish movie go for the lodge it's on hulu uh so you can watch it whenever the hell you want low barrier to entry and i mean really well done movie Objecti- wow, okay, like objectively, that. a very good movie. Awesome.
1: I'm very glad to hear that. It yeah, I, s-
2: I saw it like it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, right? And I, I think it got it delayed once. Out. Soon. I don't. I think it was at least twice. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It was getting delayed, and I knew that it was going to be soon. I, just, I thought about it like two weeks ago, I think, but I didn't check because it was like the middle of the workday or something, so I'm super happy to hear that it's out now and that it's accessible.
0: I believe it came out like you could rent it and stuff in February or maybe March. I'm pretty sure it was February. Okay. Um, and then now yeah, and it's Mark, just, quit, now dude. it's just available for like I easy can't
2: easy believe easy. it's May. I mean, Jesus.
1: Jesus. Yeah. And Mark, when you say it's available on Hulu, not through any of their horse shit like <laughs> you can watch this movie if you pay us another 55 55 55 a month. Yeah, exactly.
0: Fifty five, five fifty five. Uh, yeah, exactly. no, this I is know just words. The Hulu classic, normal, normal, <laughs> standard Hulu. Uh, one disclaimer here: parts of this movie are heavily dependent on child acting slash kid crying. So, uh, keep that in mind if that's going to trigger a certain emotional state of yours. I know a few of us just cannot stand that sound every once in a while. <laughs> I hate it. All right. Well, that's a pretty solid little roundup there. What say we go
1: to the feature presentation? More banger discussion over at adzyhorror.com this week we watched 2003's identity which as we said was obviously a mark pick now mark
0: why (laughs) that's a good question i don't know what mental state i was in when we drafted um (laughs) drunk for drunk drunk for sure (laughs) for uh in my own defense I saw this movie roughly when it came out. I definitely saw this in movie theaters. Um, and at the time, I thought it was pretty good. I I mean, whatever. We'll get to ratings eventually. But <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> I, it, It's a good change of pace. I do actually feel like this slots in pretty well with the other movies we've chosen, that this is not like any of the last ones we reviewed. We, I'd You're like accurate. to throw in right those... I like to throw in those murder mystery whodunit serial killer movies every once in a while. Those are always mm-hmm. good as well. It's definitely, like, it's not quite a slasher. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute, but...
2: We uh, we must talk about it in a minute. It's, <laughs> it's part of our rigid segmentation of the
0: podcast, Mark. Yeah, and yeah. I think I probably also made a joke about forcing Jake to watch more John Cusack movies.
1: I believe that's correct. Yeah, that also sounds right.
0: So, yeah,
2: those it's are my easy reasons. easy to build on a base of zero, so...
0: Well, I mean, we've we've already reviewed fourteen oh eight. I've never seen. seen
2: a John Cusack movie. You'll find. I know.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> I should really uh, show so you this
0: movie, Con Air.
1: I saw this movie <laughs> around the time it came out in theaters. It definitely, it was definitely afterwards. I didn't see it in theaters, uh, and it was long enough after that I had it fully spoiled for me by that bastard Roger Ebert. Um what even though boza. he's like, he's like famously careful to not spoil any movies in his reviews and stuff. He did. Uh, I, was, I think it was in a TV Guide
0: magazine. Is this movie that fucking old? Jesus 2003, Christ. 2003, man. I'm pretty sure that would qualify. I mean, the poster
2: kind of spoils this movie. This isn't a hard movie to spoil. It's important <laughs> when it is spoiled, like, but it's not that hard to spoil in general, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Roger Ebert was talking about his, uh, like what he calls his law of economy of characters, which is kind of the theory that like if there's a character around who kind of seems extraneous to the film and they have to identified a killer, you can guess who the killer is fairly easily. Yeah. And he said like the perfect example of that is the movie uh, Identity.
2: Oh, yeah. And, okay. and
1: so, and then he went on to explain why, which spoiled oh, the plot of the definitely movie. definitely didn't need to do, what the fuck, what? <laughs> Don't do that. I, I mean, it was, it was in an interview, not a review, but okay. still. Um, and I, I will say that going in, no, even if they're easy to predict, just knowing all the beats of this movie made it not enjoyable to watch the first time around. Fair but enough. Really I,
2: enjoyable I... the second time? What?
1: No, I mean, got, I was drunker It got the so time. much better the second time, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm old enough to drink.
2: <laughs> That's fair. That's a okay, very okay. good point. It's a very How about Jake?
1: Point. Jake, we know you've never seen a uh, a John Cusack movie before in your life, but had you seen this one? Nope.
2: Didn't know shit okay. about this movie. I knew nothing about this movie, so I went in blind, actually. Excellent. Yes.
0: Nice. Huzzah. Nice. I did it.
2: <laughs> yep, very you solid. did it, Mark. Thank you for well, your service. <laughs>
0: Mark, you picked this movie,
1: and you know what that means. You have to end did. this with a 30-second plot <laughs> synopsis. 30 seconds or on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start.
0: Nine strangers end up stranded at a motel in the middle of Nevada in the middle of a rainstorm, uh, and slowly their numbers begin to dwindle as they're killed off one by one. They think it's Jake Busey. It's not Jake Busey, because he's a killer, but anyways... um, Oh, fuck. I've lost track. Uh, It's revealed that they're all the uh, individual identities uh, or, like... D- dissociative identity disorder Jesus. of this guy named Malcolm um, and they're fighting each other out to become the prime personality and which one's the killer if the he gets to live if it's a- time. Oh my god I did so poorly. <laughs> Mark this
2: is a kind of a hard one for a 30 second plot synopsis but you just I think you realized that five seconds on Jake Busey is too many seconds on Jake Busey.
0: <laughs> I didn't know how to get off of I, I got too far into it and needed to go back to start talking about it. Uh, it's hot in here. Do you, want to, just my, I mean, Do you want to just
2: finish? Do you want to just finish? Oh, hey,
0: okay. Mark, you know where it's not hot?
1: In this room. I found my window unit. It's so cool in here. I'm going to be aggressively lucid tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> aggressively lucid. See if that's the name As of this episode. Chugging a beer. Um, okay, so to take a step back where I'm not all hurried about it, there's a guy named Malcolm. Um, who is played by the guy from uh, *Devils Candy*? By the way, yeah, uh, that was and the first thing. Ha- that
1: episode of *House* and *Deadwood*. Sure. There's a Whatever. lot of *Deadwood* actors in this. Whatever. It was
2: interesting to go back and see this after having seen his performance and role, really, in *Devils Candy*, because it makes a lot of sense.
1: We're talking about Pruitt Taylor Vince is the actor we're
0: talking about. Pruitt Taylor Vince, great name. Uh, So he plays plays Malcolm Rivers, who is this serial killer who's on death row, about to be executed. Um, Alfred Molina is his psychologist, psychiatrist, I never know the difference. Um, Who finds some notebooks of his and diagnoses him with dissociative identity disorder, trying to build this legal defense of like, if it was an identity that committed this and all of the other identities are unaware of what's happening then it's unconstitutional it's something. we can't kill him so the oh drama it's, that it's plays out the drama that plays out inside of malcolm's mind is this drama amongst uh you know ray liotta john cusack amanda pete john hawks uh cleo de it's a fucking murderer's a row of cast john c mc i don't know
2: murderer's row is a weird choice but there's a there there are names here
0: yeah it's also- a stellar cast uh, it's Ray Liotta is forever ruined for me because of that other bastard, Paul F. Tompkins. I don't know that reference. But anyways, um, <laughs> they all basically like kill each other off. Slowly, one by one, they die. Um, and then it's sort of revealed that they're basically trying to leave one prime personality that will be Malcolm. And if the personality left is not the killer, then they don't kill him in real life. So John Cusack teams up to try and kill off Ray Liotta, who you think is the actual killer, but he's not. So then Amanda Peet is the one left, but then twist at the end of the movie, it was actually like the six-year-old kid Timmy who kills her, and he says the, the line that has been stuck in my head for some reason, weird stickiness to this line: uh, "Whores don't get a second chance." And then he hits her with a with one of those like three-pronged gardening tools and kills her at the end <laughs> yes it's very stupid how long how long was that that was like a three minute plot synopsis <laughs> at, at least I got
1: there yes <laughs> so you nailed it you nailed it look I want to talk about this movie I want to dive all the way into it and specifically why Ray Liotta has been ruined for me because it's one of my favorite things in the world
0: but okay, that's we got to do our
1: award-winning segment and talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into. And there aren't really any
0: obvious ones. Psychological. Because it might
2: not be a horror movie.
1: Shut
0: yeah, up. It's, it's probably here. not a horror There's movie. There's a head in a laundry machine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. Uh, it isn't <laughs>
1: psychological. It, it isn't. It never makes you question what's going on what what's happening <laughs> the second you it know sure that does. they're not two distinct stories playing out, it beats you over the goddamned head with what's happening.
2: Jack it, it, in i I hear what you're saying, but in terms of what the integrity of this segment is, this is a psychological movie, okay?
1: Oh, God, yep. okay. Fine.
2: it is it is it is. It, and it's also like sl- Mark said this earlier. this is slasher light. I don't know. There's a certain, it like, done itness to some slashers. And all, killing off
1: people one by one. Yeah, and there's a like big-ass the, like body count.
2: Like, a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot of people in this movie who die, actually. Like, everybody in this fucking movie dies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, there, that it has those two things going for it, you know? Yeah. For no, a horror-adjacent
0: yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd That's call this a serial killer slasher psychological thing. Serial killer. We do sure. definitely
1: have serial killer on the list. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Uh, that's a good one. I don't. We we have not gotten into the discussion of where thriller should fit in our categories. If that is a subcategory of horror, then this is certainly a thriller. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's just dive into it. What We're does done. this movie do right?
1: And I'll tell you the first thing it did right. Ray Liotta. It reminded me of a random tweet of Paul F. Tompkins's from like three years ago. Have you guys seen? Him, it's it's him recording the Ray Liotta Chantix commercial just on his phone, but t- on mute and doing Ray Liotta's voice? I thought I was a tough guy, but cigarettes was tougher than me. <laughs> it is unbelievably brilliant.
0: One time a cigarette pushed me down the stairs and blamed it on an owl. Um, another time I got carjacked by a corncob pipe. So that's
2: what this movie does right. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on, explain. Explain. It. It. The movie does it right because
0: it reminds you of something. <laughs> yes, yeah, something movie, that happened movie does fourteen does years something. after the movie came out. This movie did wow. casting of Le- Ray Liotta right so that it could remind Jack of something that happened a dozen years after this movie Four- came out. 14 you know what years is later, interesting yes. though?
2: You know, okay. Something that's interesting is the f- like biggest thing that I had on what the movie does right is this is rare, it's it's something that's similar because it's not something that happens within the movie but more the effect it had on me in the current time. So we are recording this on Mar- May 10th Eve, and I know Mark's not a smart enough man to have done this and to have thought that deeply about where this movie kind of like does its twist thing, but all but these 10th? characters
0: in the multiple yeah.
2: personalities, associative, disassociative, whatever the fuck, they're born on May 10th. So the one yeah, hit guys. me... That my was the scariest part of revealed. the whole fucking movie, was that. <laughs> I don't that know what Mark said, because he was talking over pipe. me. It's all just crosstalk now. It's all just fucking crosstalk. I'm done.
0: <laughs> Fuck. I think you'll find that that went into my initial calculus, uh, and I have it a didn't. very advanced um, calculus-based system for picking movies, and John Cusack and May 10th, I, I plugged that in, and this is what popped out. No, so, so how
2: surprised it. were you really when that happened? You're like...
0: Fuck. I um, am dumb you enough that I noticed. didn't even put those two things together until you <laughs>
2: just
1: mentioned it right now. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That was literally, I was like, that's a little eerie. <laughs> uh, yeah, numerology shit right there. That's some yeah. number 23 stuff. Uh, I will say. Oh,
0: fuck, we should watch the number 23. No God damn
1: it, Mark. <laughs> Pruitt Taylor Vince's performance, though it's not like consistent throughout the movie. It, I mean, he's not in the movie in the, very he's much. He's not there. He's okay. excellent. He is by far the best actor in this movie and it comes well, I don't know, Alfred Molina is an excellent actor too, but in terms of performances in this movie, his is by oh, far the best.
2: John Hawks. Great. Amanda Peet is pretty good. John Hawks.
0: Yeah, John Hawks is pretty good too actually. There's there's good good performances in this movie almost all around. Uh I don't know. I do not
1: care for either uh John Cusack or uh Ray Liotta's performances. This is
0: what the movie does right. I said, And I said it. Mal- not Malcolm. Fuck. And while we're just listing names, I, the, the cast is pretty incredible in this movie. I don't know how they pulled all of these people together, or and I cannot, for the life of me, remember what the status of all of these people were, but outside of John Cusack and Ray Liotta, who I remembered, then I got to rediscover the fact that John C. McGinley's in this, Amanda Peet, Al Molina, Clea Duvall, John Hawks, Jake Busey, and like we said, pro Taylor Vince. I mean... Even the background characters went on to have almost, like, A-level, A-list, B-list careers. I love John
1: C. McGidley's character. Like, when he blows the tire and he's, like, muttering himself, what exactly the driver's manual says yeah. to do. Drift safely to the side of the road.
0: <laughs>
1: it's excellent. Jesus Christ.
2: And, hey, yeah. it works. That's, like, the first element of being, like, this is nothing. Something's not right here.
0: <laughs> you know, who uh, is this guy and what did he do with the human's body that he's in- exactly. inside? Exactly. Oh. God, we're not in the segment yet where I could talk about how stupid it is that a
1: person with dissociative identity disorder, three of those identities are members of an immediate family together. Are you kidding me with how impossible that is?
0: I also, I, uh, uh, can we just, let's put a dissociative identity pin in that discussion <laughs> There is right so
1: much wrong with it, but I would just want to talk about how stupid it is that this is the first time his personalities have ever met. The psychiatrist directly says, and three of them are... <laughs> Father, wife, and son. Father, mother, and son. It's stepfather.
2: Stupid thing. Stepfather, stepfather, stepfather.
0: Okay. And two of them are, well, I guess the two that got married had only known each other for so long as well. So, never mind.
2: But not for the length
0: of that car ride. It's so, so, oh so good. So, what I'm That's, gathering okay. is
2: that this movie doesn't do anything else right.
0: No, it doesn't. Not I for me. Get through it, Mark. I <laughs> think it's a pretty solid whodunit thriller. I I mean, even again, I, we'll probably get into this in a minute. Rewatching it and having all of the things spoiled for you kind of ruins a lot of the twists and turns of this. And I know that now this is only the second time I've ever seen it, but overall I still think it was a pretty good whodunit kind of like, I like the setting of it. I think they pin the atmosphere pretty well of being just trapped in this like tiny weird isolated Nevada motel. That's just like this shitty, you know, motel surrounded by flood water and stuff and you're just trapped there with these random strangers and shit's going down i it's that is a very solid setting
2: i think that's yeah it's a very it's an interesting setup and really good geographic setting for this a little bit twilight zone e as the person on the podcast who hadn't seen this before i i sort of agree mark i the movie didn't really have me for the first two thirds but when it did the shift that it did towards that you know gets you into the final third where the bodies are all gone and they're really building on the keys thing that's a good twist i like i was um i was very intrigued and hopeful for what was to come in the final third i'll say that it did that right
0: yeah the scene where they're walking around right after the car explodes they're walking around and all the bodies are gone yeah like the baseball bat is just sitting on the chair yeah, You're like,
2: whoa, there are some strings being pulled that I do not yeah. know about. What
0: the fuck is going on?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll also say this in terms of what the movie does right. Agatha Christie, despite the story being very racist and problematic, wrote an excellent whodunit mystery in what is now referred to in, in as And Then There Were None. That's an excellent story. So if you're going to just, like, ape an entire story, that's a good one to pick.
0: Yep. Um. <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. It's it 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 builds on good bones. Oh, one last yeah, sure thing does. I'd add. One thing I'd last. One last thing I'd add here, as far as building on good bones. I guess this is a precursor to the other one, but I I think this lays decent groundwork for Southbound. I, I get a very similar vibe out of the opening segment of Southbound, which is a movie that this because whole it takes place in a motel
2: enjoys. in a rural desert.
0: Motel in a rural desert that you can't escape from, right? There, there is the scene where yeah. Jake Busey is running away, and then he climbs over a ridge or whatever, and he sees the lights, and he runs toward, it and it's the exact same motel. It's implied yeah, that you yeah. can drive as long as you want, and yeah. I mean, eventually you get the weird flood thing. It, but it it best scene in the movie, by the way.
2: Yeah, it could have been an inspiration for it. You know, it's very Twilight Zoney in that regard, and that's cool.
0: Yeah, National Twilight yeah. Zone Day tomorrow, I think.
2: Yeah, May tenth, dude. Oh. Yeah, tomorrow. Their birthday.
0: Oh, that's shit. interesting. Do you think that was on purpose? Weird numerology shit. It keeps coming back up. <laughs> it's all connected, boys. It's all connected. Uh, yeah, let's talk wait. about the movie *Doesn't Middle*. The weird '90s soaring guitar of the soundtrack. That's like pervasive throughout the first half of the movie i put that in a different category is it (laughs) pervasive
2: hold on is it pervasive or did i somehow manage to like block it out the only one that really hit me over the head of the sledgehammer was the random inclusion of foo fighters during amanda pete's intro i was like why are they here
0: i'm talking more about i'm talking more about like the actual soundtrack soundtrack not the licensed soundtrack why why was there how many
2: licensed tracks were there in this movie and why were the foo fighters just out of nowhere
0: uh, the Foo Fighters are never out of nowhere, Jake.
2: Uh, Mark, they were pretty out of nowhere in this setting. There was no reason for Amanda Pete to be driving down the road to fucking All My Life or
1: whatever that was, whatever song oh they chose. My, 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 my Jake, this movie had a budget is, of like $30 million. They had to blow it somewhere.
2: <laughs> I mean, But they didn't, it wasn't like it was chock full. It, what's weird to me is it didn't, can you name another licensed track? I honestly can't. And I could have no. just been tone deaf at that point, but.
0: I think that was it. I can't.
2: Why? Name a woman.
1: Name any woman. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Oh, shit. I, you got to have, I, it's a good intro, I think. She's like a bad. None of the intros were good. It
1: were <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, we we do need, like, the,
1: the score is noteworthy, because this was, like, re-scored or beaten. Alan Silvestri scored this, right? Very, very famous composer, and he beat out another composer. But it is very tonally different from, like, the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie in how it's scored. It's insane. <laughs>
0: It's like it's like a soaring like what was that guy's name Joe Patriani guitar it's just sure. like just in the background of this sat- one that Joe sat Joe Satriani Joe Satriani that's what yeah. it was yeah uh when it like it just the scene that comes to mind is when they're kind of like all going to their individual rooms and whatever and there's just like this like in the background you're just like what I'm so happy I didn't happening? notice
2: that that probably would have ruined my day
0: <laughs> it was weird it's like almost out of Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street that like kind of just background like meow. It wasn't that riff, but like that. Mean, dude. That's, that's same... also a saxophone in, in Baker Street. But... Uh, Isn't it a guitar at one point? There I is mean, a guitar
1: it... in the song Baker Street, but the riff is a saxophone.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> the riff... Okay. Agree to disagree. I mean, it is a saxophone. I mean... <laughs> it is a saxophone. I'm not debating whether or not that's a saxophone.
1: Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're lucid because I'm losing my fucking mind. All of my individual uh... personalities are fighting it out right now.
1: Yeah, and it's a good thing as I'm as lucid as I am because the only thing I hadn't does middle is Ray Liotta again, uh, Ray, Ray Liotta, Liotta, Liotta. because uh, I just I can't I can't get enough of that Paul F. Tompkins tweet. So I'll I'll move on from that. It's what it does right. It's what it does middle, and it's what it does wrong. I can I put and made a note about it in all three categories. How many so. neat
2: picks and or nitpicks do you have about him?
1: About Ray Liotta? Yeah, Ray Liotta. Damn. Ray Liotta. <laughs> you've, Roy you've... Liotta. You My blew the whole Roy?
2: load in all the other categories? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, I see, I see. Uh, do we have anything else that does middle, or should we move on to what it does wrong?
0: I have one more that, much like last week when we talked about Boz or whatever that, guy, that character's name was, and kind of like what you just said, I have another one that could probably fit into all three categories, which is the final twist. Um, okay. This movie is full of twists. Uh, yeah, twists which and turns. twist? So, specifically, the, the, the little kid the, being the, the, the kid? killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. detail... It is incredibly fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a kid, the stupidest possible thing. <laughs> this little kid has superhuman strength. And honestly, like you, you earlier said the best scene in the movie is when Jake Busey comes back to the hotel and he realizes that it's the same one he escaped from in the first place. You're wrong. The actual best scene from this movie is the one second long clip of the five year old child walking away from the explosion without looking. <laughs> yes. At it.
1: I didn't mean best seen in terms of campy stupidness. I meant best scene in terms of uh, hoping to watch a
0: good movie. (laughs) I want an elongated, extended DVD special feature scene of just that, like, a 10-second-long slow-motion clip of that kid just walking away from (laughs) explosion. I fucking lost it when that happened. I thought it was so damn funny. Mark, you should make that your
2: Zoom background for all your meetings. (laughs) I probably should.
0: Um, Yeah, just the clip. Jiff it. So, in execution, super fucking dumb. But the concept is actually pretty decent and is true to the original Agatha Christie novel, I'm given to understand, of, like, ev- all of the characters, like basically the, the final twist of the one that, you, that died off screen or whatever coming back and they were actually the killer the whole time. Instead, yes, of, instead yes. of Ray Liotta, instead of the main person in, you were expecting.
1: In And Then There Were None or Ten Little Indians or Ten Little Much More Racist Words, uh, the character who ends up being the ultimate killer does die in the first act.
0: Or Spoilers, by the way, for Agatha they die. Christie. Dies. But
2: then there's, there, then there's no body, and then they are the killer.
0: Exactly. Um, one other thing, I didn't know where to put this in, so I'll just throw this out there. I And I referenced this already, but I don't know why. But the line delivery of whores don't get a second chance is something that has stuck with me for since I saw this movie originally 17 years ago. And not as something that was like, scary or intimidating or anything in any way. I always just like it was just such a pointed line that in my brain it just comes up as like an inside joke of like if I ever need to give advice or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, man, just I mean, whores don't get a second chance. Just just so you know. <laughs> I I don't know why my brain works the way it does, but this constantly pops in there. That's like, like hey. you that's like the
2: thing you'd write in the yearbook if you could go back in time and write everybody's <laughs> yes, yearbook. don't get <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Hacks, hoes don't get a second chance. Oh, God. That, soou- that
2: sounds like what you're saying, bud.
0: I mean, kind. I never like, I never actually say it to people or something like that. But for whatever reason, anytime anyone's like, "Hey, if you have any advice or something for like a graduating senior, what would you tell them?" The first thought that comes to my mind <laughs> is just like, horse don't get a second chance." Just so you know, they get they get hit with a with a weeding tool in a Florida orange grove. Oh God! And I obviously don't tell them that. Just okay. be clear.
1: I actually thought of another thing the movie does middle.
0: Good. Oh, Okay, we So got I can get that. you out of this
1: jam, Mark. Thank Enlighten you. Enlighten us. <laughs> okay. I think it's fucking awesome that the movie uses the poem Antigonish. I don't know okay. how to pronounce the name of the poem, but by William Hughes Means, right? The, the Yesterday upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. All that kind of shit. Yeah. Really cool that they use it, that they have multiple characters repeat it, and that it kind of like closes out with it. But... Really stupid that they say like two-thirds of the poem, and only two characters say it. Like, to, it would have been oh. such a cool... To have different characters say different lines of the poem, have the entirety of the relatively short poem, and have multiple characters say it across the film. Would have been so much
0: cooler. What I thought... what di- The direction I thought you were going to go with this was really stupid that they say they invented it for this movie. <laughs> also. Well, I mean, a, a
1: person who is... Who totally has a movie's yes. version of dissociative identity disorder, not
0: real dissociative identity disorder, claims to have invented it? Correct. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, you can you can sidestep that criticism in movie, so I guess that makes sense. But still, kind of a dumb thing to just be like, yeah, t- yeah, I made the it line up. Was, <laughs> it's not
1: helpful to the movie's narrative whatsoever to have no. him had it made it up. It doesn't no. add anything. to You could care. have just said, "I anyway. heard it when I was a kid." Done, easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, or don't say anything up. Up. about it. Say, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all I got in Does Middle. I am hard ready to move on to what this movie does wrong. Gotta dive in. Uh, coherent thought. Like, like just thinking about one thing to the next thing and and a a complete idea from start to finish and thinking that all the way through before you spend $30 million filming a movie. That. It does that wrong.
0: (laughs) Say more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, okay, I talked about it earlier. But The thing the this be- movie does wrong is its its existence, its entirety. It's so stupid! <laughs> it's raised on it, the draw.
1: Is unbelievably stupid. <laughs> we. Uh, the best example is the the fact that this is a character who, in the movie's own terms, has fake dissociative identity disorder, <laughs> yeah. and has ten distinct yeah. characters yeah. living within this one body, and they say i he's on a course of medication and treatment that is making the character making his personalities meet each other for the first time so they'll kill each other
0: after earlier already saying in universe that there aren't any accepted like therapeutic devices for this disease or disorder right I this is say. very experimental right. that's what they're doing
1: and then that and then you start to think about and multiple of these characters who are meeting for the first time are direct immediate family members and or fiancés and or husbands and wives and or like it's unbelievable i, I, I kind can't... of i i was kind of thinking
2: that the the family unit was somehow like one collective personality until that last twist happened cuz like you you <laughs> there's yeah. those, like two two separate steps of the twist where it's like okay these are your personalities and then there's the last one where the kid's still alive, and I thought that they were just like one thing because they right. they kind of like there's no personality to the kid and the mom's fucking pretty much dead the whole time. Yeah, so, right. It
1: leaves itself an out almost until and it then. It doesn't ruins take it, it, and that's what I didn't they, like. Yeah, they didn't think any single
0: thought through. And then I there. also like that they throw on there that they they kind of sh- just throw this into the end of like nine of these identities are innocent and one of them is a killer, but also. Four of them are definitely not innocent at all. Two of them are convicted killers. two of killers. them are... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> one of the them, third yeah, one is they're... the actual serial killer. And how many, the how fourth many one, killers... John Hawks kept a guy in a freezer and stole a bunch of people's money.
2: At least four of these are murderers. <laughs> I love at least four are murderers, You're right? You're talking about Five? line
1: delivery. That was my favorite line delivery I've ever heard. Stole a bunch of people's money. <laughs> Five? Five killers? Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of killers in, in the mix. There next are at least half of these are and murderers, and one person
0: of ill repute, and one <laughs> cop who I, maybe let a kid die. I couldn't, I don't know, I can't remember what his backstory was because <laughs> he didn't have a backstory because he was willed into existence for this movie. <laughs> oh my
1: god. <laughs> it's the stu- and then it then it bridges out into the entire film into the narrative of the movie that there's no reason that this has to be set with a death row inmate midnight before he's going to be put to death and you have to do it like you have to go to the judge's chambers at midnight and do a mini hearing like there's no reason to invite people to scrutinize your le- level of legal ineptitude. They didn't, like, Google the first thing about how <laughs> any of it would work from a medical this. perspective or a legal perspective or any of it, and there was no reason to do it. It didn't add anything to the film. I like- think
2: they they tried to make it more exciting by having, like, the ticking time <laughs> bomb thing, but in reality, this was, like... a. Pr- this movie was pretty boring for, like, <laughs> at least the first half. I was, like, fucking That's- almost dying.
0: Why does Amanda Peet have a thing- backstory? Oh, I don't God. know. Of <laughs> Apparently just, like, I don't even know what the backstory was. Her backstory was that she slept with a guy and put whipped cream if- on his chest. Uh, but that's that's a client mark it's so they could
2: call her a whore a bunch they call her a whore like forty thousand times in this movie so is so is that john
1: also one of the personalities where they're actually 11 and he's still free supposedly
0: i don't know maybe that has to be the case right at one point just yeah you just cut to pruitt taylor vance spray like spraying whipping cream on his own (laughs) chest
1: a la ghost
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly unchained melody is just
1: playing in the background he has some very specific fetishes, that John. Oh, God. I can That's, I can't that's talk... a
0: very generic fetish.
1: I can't talk about it, how stupid I, I find it. I those. gotta
0: say, this was a fantastic pick, if for no other reason than the level of rage I got out of Jack. That was a great rant. <laughs> I loved every moment of that.
1: Oh, And Jake, you were absolutely right. This movie is so boring. I remember thinking it was boring <laughs> the first time I watched it. It's... The Like, all the suspenseful scenes when there is some suspenseful music are just, like, nothing. I don't know if it's in the cinematographic language or, like, what's go- why it's so boring. Yeah. But, like, when everybody's creeping around, I'm not nervous or excited or anything. It was like, fucking just whatever's going to happen next. I just want it to fucking
2: happen. For, it was interesting. For a while, I thought that my lack of intrigue was that I was waiting. I was really trying to view it through a horror lens, and I was waiting for something that was more like fastball down the middle horror to happen. There is and a, then head I just re- in a
0: dryer. That's horror.
2: <laughs> Mark, <laughs> then I just realized that like it's not that it's it's not an exciting movie. I, I don't no. know, but but when the the third third kicked off with the disappearing bodies and it got potentially like supernatural, I don't know, for a first time viewer, that was that hit harder as a result of the complete like snooze fest that was the first half. So I, I don't know how you can make
1: a positive. movie with nine murders featured on screen. This boring.
2: I don't know. Were any of them good? Like, seriously, was there a good murder?
0: No. Well, so that's kind of an interesting thing. This is an R-rated movie, but also they don't ever show anything at all.
2: The, they show John C. McGinley get fucking wrecked. They show both car Like, people get hit by cars in this movie. That's the only thing they show, which is interesting. <laughs> other than that him. like they show the baseball bat down jake Busey's throat which is pretty graphic but it yeah but you don't actually
0: it, it doesn't happen. actually show any violence it's just a you dummy don't need to i actually, actually kind
2: of liked how they handled that one though i'm fine look don't, i th- th- don't
0: want a scene of a eight-year-old shoving a bat down someone's throat that would be that might be funny funny <laughs> yeah but like they Down don't show when the guy gets the the boyfriend whatever the fuck his name was gets stabbed they don't they don't show anything other than the door yeah. kind of rattling yeah when the actress gets axed she they don't show that at all except for her like looking out from underneath the uh, shower that's curtain. to
2: be expected because that's the first kill so you uh, you Mark, expect that to not be shown
1: Mark would you blow the whistle where uh, just the rest of my things are all about it could be they're just escalations of nitpicks. Yeah. Thank you, sir. We've arrived at a mixed nitpick station slash what the movie does wrong. I just wanted to, Well, we're talking about the actress, did she try to bribe uh, Saul from Deadwood with a Finsky with a $5 bill to get it was the best 50. room in the motel? It was Pretty a, sure it was it a, was a 50.
2: $50 bill. Oh, then on that 30, makes sense. It was a $50 bill on a $30 room. Yeah,
1: yeah That okay. That, and Then I then retracted. That makes sense. I was going to, like, it's like the the Chronicles of Narnia cupcake
0: rap. It's all about the Hamiltons, baby. Uh. <laughs> in a similar in a similar scene um i get the whole like not renting rooms to hookers thing that john Hawks' character dave or whatever the fuck his name is pulls that makes sense on a story and like script level but amanda pete is one of the most like gorgeous human beings on the planet and doesn't look like street trash <laughs> it at that yeah, does not look like a lounge lizard at all it's <laughs> 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 she's like well put together and clean and dressed nicely it's unbelievable and like not doing the the hooker thing anymore she's escaping that life to do her own thing and he yeah. comes in he immediately clocks her and also who is he uh, he has been sitting on a frozen dead body for like a month or whatever the fuck uh, Where where is this font of morality coming from where he's like nah I, I just don't I don't deal with people who get paid for money or paid for also, sex how does a $30 a night hotel or
1: motel not by the in? Hour. in yeah in fucking off off vegas nevada not tr- rent rooms to people they assume are hookers the, yeah it that makes just like no, it makes no sense
2: yeah it makes no <laughs> sense because this is a dude who lost his life pretty much in vegas like he he's he has to be so used to this exact type of human that his being doesn't
1: make sense. And it's doubly confusing because the last time I saw this guy, he was playing salt and he fell in love with
0: a hooker. Maybe oh, maybe this is all canon and he had his heart broken. And that's why he can't look go down that am road. Am I anymore. allowed to spoil the third
1: season of Deadwood on this? Because no, he did not. get his
0: heart broken. You're ne- there you you're go. Definitely that's not. why. And he moved to Nevada and he just will not rent rooms to ladies of the evening because it's too painful. You know what I did have as a
2: neat pick though is that is that John Hawk's character is basically playing the same fucking role that he played in From Dust Till Dawn as Pete Bottoms. Like he sits in a kind of shitty little thing and out of the way in From Dust Till Dawn it was Texas. Here it's Nevada. And that's kind of it. Watches the TV, talks to the occasional customer. They even had like a this is a neat pick, by the way. They had a scene <laughs> where he was putting a picture in a drawer, and the picture was like holding the fish like you caught the fish and you're holding in front of it that was the same exact composition of the shot they used of him in the in memorandum thing in from Dust till dawn neat pick that was intentional and i loved it that's
1: cool if only i used some of that cinematic knowledge to make the shots exciting or watchable
2: (laughs) i know right (laughs) he was the best character in this movie though because i was just thinking i had like a little bit of a halo effect going on with just thinking about from Dust till dawn almost the whole time See, I and I
1: had the
0: Ray Liotta Chantix commercial see? narrated so we, by Paul We've F.
2: both had a better experience than we could have had, therefore, neat pick.
0: Uh, neat pick with our podcast in general. This is two weeks in a row now that we've talked about the cinematic universe of From Dust Till Dawn. I'll talk there about that go. every
2: fucking week, man.
0: Yeah, I am <laughs> fully aware. That's why it's a neat pick.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we're still in hard does wrong, and I know we've blown the whistle, so we can like skip. Yeah, we're that not border, there anymore. But we're
0: in soft does wrong.
1: Uh, let's just talk about dissociative identity disorder and this movie's understanding of, like, mental health.
0: Should, should we also swing by A to Z Horror Legal Corner while we're here?
1: Oh, we're yeah, let's swing by the A to Z Horror Legal Corner. All you guys porn. keep going. I'm
0: going to go dun, get a dun, beer. Dun, 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 dun.
1: <laughs> okay. It's, okay. I, this is not legal advice. I am not an attorney licensed in the state of Nevada. I don't know. Jake actually did leave to get a beer. Wow. Um... <laughs>
3: I mean federally, I'm 100% certain that re-arguing for the insanity defense for a patient is not grounds for habeas corpus, and thus a midnight hearing before a patient, or patients, Jesus, a, a defendant's execution, or I guess convicted person's execution. That's unbelievable. Also, Nevada follows the Monotan rule in terms of insanity, which is effectively just that all you have to do to argue that somebody is mentally incompetent is say they either didn't understand what they were doing, their delusion was so strong that they didn't understand what they were doing, or that their delusion was so strong that it caused them to believe it was legal. For instance, if their delusion would cause actual self-defense to be a valid legal defense, then if you can prove they subjectively and objectively believed that, that would be a defense under insanity. Delusion. If a person has dissociative identity disorder, it's a problem with the not rule, and a different personality of theirs killed someone, they knew what they were doing and they understood the consequences. That's not insanity. That's just a full-on conviction. No fucking chance. Also, is just all of the hearings unrecorded by a judge being angry with a person. That, uh, that's a recipe for a judge to get overruled immediately overturned.
0: Would the judge even be the person in this case to to decide that? Like, shouldn't Would a judge be the one, would he listen to a professional psychologist in that case? Or would a psychologist basically be like, yeah, that person's not fit to stand trial? So I think I think
1: Alfred Molina was a psychiatrist in this, but the yeah, judge would listen to it, right? The, the the way these hearings go, these competency hearings, is that the judge does hear testimony and evidence from trained experts like Alfred Molina saying this person is not competent to understand the consequences of their actions or what they were doing because of X, Y, Z. It does not happen behind closed doors at midnight the night before someone's going to be executed. It happens in a...
0: Ugh. Okay, but also follow-up question the defense has Alfred Molina, a professional psychiatrist. Whatever. Okay, back up. Real quick question: Is a psychiatrist or psychologist? I've never fucking understood the difference. One can prescribe medication. Th- this is a, they
1: both exist. So like, this is a psychiatrist, okay, who has
0: a full MD. Right? Got it. Okay, right. Psychologists
1: so, don't necessarily have full MDs.
0: Okay, so the defense has a psychiatrist, a professional psychiatrist person who is willing to testify on behalf of the patient. The uh, prosecution does not have an expert witness. How would you possibly weigh that evidence of like expert it- testimony versus absolutely fucking nothing? A pissed off lawyer, basically. I mean, you would wait in favor of the defense if the prosecution
1: was too stupid to pick one of their 45 on-call psychiatrists to come down and say he understood the consequences of his actions. Like, B.D. Wong from Law & Order, right? That's a state psychiatrist. (laughs) uh, It's also just like, all of this, why were his fucking journals... The fact that the the prosecution was allegedly concealing his journals, that's a Brady violation. That has nothing to do with any of this. They're like so, they're like, they read about some legal concepts and just jammed them all together incorrectly. I hate it.
0: And this has been the A to Z Horror Legal Corner. (laughs) Fuck.
1: Okay, now let's move on to the A to horror psychiatric corner, which doesn't <laughs> okay. exist because none of us have it's any A to Z horror it,
0: psychological corner, actually.
1: Except for it is how problematically this movie understands mental health as a concept and dissociative
0: identity disorder. I mean, that is something that we probably should spend a little bit more time on. Dissociative identity disorder or schizophrenia or what have you, mental illness in general, is something that is like always fundamentally misunderstood by horror movies that's kind of just a trope now at this point. It's not forgivable, uh, but it is something that I kind of go in just with a grain of salt, just understanding like whatever's on screen, it is entirely just a figment of the screenwriter's imagination and that is not how mental illness works.
1: What, Split came out like 15 years after this movie and understands it exactly as well. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Split might
2: actually understand it less well.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, because Split doesn't have a psychiatrist saying, I'm putting all the personalities together for the first time so they can kill each other. Uh, It's like a fucking uh, last man standing in in my mind.
0: (laughs) That said, I would love Split 3 to be set entirely inside uh, the Beast. And just have a battle royale. And actually just have a battle royale. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want a combination of split and identity to happen. It's Hunger Games inside the Beast's head. And I want Patrick Stewart to play the Beast.
1: Now you're very confused because James McAvoy played the Beast, so you've picked a different it's, Professor this X. Is now
2: unbelievable and <laughs> listener for the record, when Mark suggested Patrick Stewart, you should have seen his eyes just. Explode oh, he lit up like a fucking head.
0: Christmas tree. It would be great. It would be. It would be great. It would be one of the best things ever put to film. Now work Downfall. in a
1: William Shatner character so you can get a different John Luke or a different ca- a different Captain of Star Trek. I'll get there. I'll get there.
0: Give me time. Okay. Okay.
1: It's gonna come back. Fuck.
0: Up, I'm sure. God,
1: the rest of my things are nitpicks. I'm so angry about how stupid this movie is.
0: <laughs> wow. It's a great choice. It was a great choice on my part. I Lying was too busy like back. just
2: grasping at like the absolute barest of threads of paying attention
0: that
1: And Jake, you nitpicking. literally did leave. I was, <laughs> I was telling <laughs> the listeners. I was surprised that you literally left during most of the agency or legal corner. Never oh, has dude, Jake I'm checked like, out like, harder I, this than this new tradition. Just now. Fuck, that was
2: perfect. I missed like most of the legal <laughs> corner. I'm way happier than I would otherwise be. That was great. <laughs>
1: Hey, when Ray Liotta asks the woman for, or when the woman asks Ray Liotta for change for
0: a dollar, the fuck kind of vending machine doesn't accept a dollar bill? The one at a hotel that is $30 a night, but also somehow doesn't charge by the hour? It's a hotel, motel, holiday
1: inn, but it accepts coins? I can't imagine a vending machine accepting coins but not a dollar bill. What if the and dollar also, bill
2: What if the dollar she, bill readers broken, dude? She never yeah, gave nev- him
0: a dollar. She wasn't asking for change for a dollar. She's just asking him for change. Maybe she was asking him if sh- he would like her to change for him for a dollar. Oh, Jesus fuck.
2: Christ, Mark.
0: You know, she's uh, she's unlikely a evening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> think about it. A neat <laughs> pick? Did I, I just change that to a neat pick? No, no that's a fan that's a fan theory. That's
2: a fan theory. That's a fan pick.
0: Neat pick fan uh, theory. Got it.
1: This is a neat uh, this is a nitpick that's so unbelievably stupid it rises to also what it does wrong. I, At the end of the movie, when Alfred Molina is being killed by what the fuck is the point of a cage? To protect you from a prisoner in <laughs> a prisoner it? transport? If they can just reach around it and strangle you he anyway. He opened it. Why he opened show it. the
0: cage? He, he opened it. it. He opens it and slides it to the side and then puts He his did face the stupid
2: there. man thing.
0: Yeah. They don't open that far. There's no point to having
2: a cage if you can open it that far. That one did. Uh, I mean, agreed. Agreed. With the nit- The nitpick is on the cage, not on anything else on well, and on his decision to open the cage, like he didn't need to do that to ask what he was doing or whatever.
0: Yeah, you see, you gigantic human being who could easily kill me. You seem like you're in distress. Let me uh, just poke my head back. Oh no, what's going on? Yeah, he's not even like bashing bullshit. his head against the window or anything. You
2: actually, actually gl- just reminded me of another nitpick that I had, which was the scene where Busey and Leota fucking stab the driver of the when you find out that they were like working together. Oh that, yeah. Uh, they stab him, and then there's a very clear shot of the man who is driving the van, who is not dead at all, who is <laughs> actually making sure that that car turns exactly that way, like full on muscles engaged, arms on wheel, doing things. It, it blows my mind. And then yep. jump cut to him in the fucking trunk.
0: Yeah. I also uh, that what you know, I mean maybe 2 inches of that blade went into his back there is no way you would die. There's no
2: way he was that hurt. Yeah, but yeah. Th- like f- <laughs> for a movie that's 30 million dollars, that's a shocking lack of attention to detail. <laughs>
0: there's this so is, much of it. This is hard in the category of just like if you're driving and even the remotest thing goes wrong, you fucking die. You're dead immediately. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it just oh you 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 sat on a thumbtack, you're fucking dead. <laughs> If I accept this movie's
1: premises, legal and medical, which I'm unwilling to do, but even if I accept those premises and I'll say that I do get to have a midnight hearing with the judge who presided over the case rather than the Supreme Court for like an emergency habeas corpus hearing before this guy is executed and it's an evidentiary hearing and I get to present my patient, why would the judge be like, oh, you know what? He's only making one voice now. I guess the rest of the personalities are dead. That's what you're telling me? That's what I've witnessed here? That's so Why perfect. Is- oh, my God. That's this fucking-
0: personality is an ex-cop. I like him.
1: Judge, I know you couldn't see what was going on over there in Nevada, but trust me, only one of the personalities is left. You've, wit- you've <laughs> observed this guy for almost eight minutes now. <laughs> it's- God. I can't believe it. I can't exactly, believe
0: it. Exactly, exactly 44% of this guy's personalities were at least – Major criminals. <laughs> and, but the there's only f- one left now. They
1: killed each other. Also, I have to accept that just my personalities can kill each other in my mind and they're not coming back. This movie is getting dumber by the second.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's I the love these new movie The ever more seen. you peel it back, the worse it gets. It's so funny. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk real quick about the, the <laughs> random astrology conversation that they have that Amanda Pete has with John Cusack? Could they not get to ninety minutes of runtime in this horse shit pile of crap? <laughs> Why did they have an astrology conversation? That's not that's not where I was going with it. My nitpick was with the fact that he just says he was born in May, and she says, "Ah, you're a Taurus." But if you were born after May twenty first, you'd be a Gemini, so she wouldn't know that, huh? Um, people do really
1: do that though. Like people s- say, you're, "You're you're like I." People don't understand that I'm a Capricorn for having been born in early January, but also that's just people I are I hate how cause... I hate
2: how right you are. I'm uh, yeah, I'm born in July, and therefore people are surprised that I'm a Leo.
1: But also, who the fuck? I as soon as anyone talks to me about astrology in any capacity, I
0: walk the fuck away. I can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, uh, the other the other thing I wanted to do before we got fully out of this segment was. I just wanted to take like a quick immemorium for when searching for a signal was an acceptable plot device, and actually like a pretty fucking good plot device a lot of times. I miss that shit of like pulling your cell phone out, your flip phone, obviously, and being like, Oh shit, one bar, two bars, oh, I gotta walk out down the- I gotta walk down that dark alley. That's What the hell are might- you
2: talking about? That's what my fucking daily life looks like. <laughs>
1: Jake I think- still uses a Motorola razor circa 1999.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those Matrix phones that you like push the I, sides and it like I, pops up. Honestly,
1: out. I, yeah, they're okay.
2: I hear what you're saying, but I honestly have trouble getting service in my house.
1: I do not understand why you're not on Google Fi or anything other than what you're on. You also pay too much.
0: Google Fi, what? You should, if you're you just tuning in, system.
1: this is Jack complains about Jake's cell phone plan cast. Uh, <laughs> what? You complain about this so much, Jake, and you never do anything about it.
2: Oh, dude, doing something requires energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of which I have none. Oh, fuck.
2: I actually tried to do something twice this week. Didn't Didn't pan out. Didn't play out. Don't want to talk about Not it.
1: Not about your phone. Just something in general. No,
2: I <laughs> went to anything. the Verizon store. I went to the Verizon store two fucking times last week. Nothing <laughs> happened. I don't want to talk about it, Okay. <laughs>
0: Wait Hold on, no, on. What
2: about happened
1: it? the first time That made you think Going back a second time Would be helpful
0: I don't want to get into it It made sense <laughs> <laughs> It made sense This is Should This is content This is going to come back up Later in the evening Should we it go, made go to sense, ratings Trust me <laughs> Let's go to
2: ratings Fucking made sense I'm get a fly girl Gonna get some to drive off
1: In a OJ go home We over at Horror use a 1-10 through rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Ray Liotta, would rate how much he's smoking these days.
0: I don't know about smoking anymore because I took
1: the non-smoking pill. It came in an envelope shaped like paper, and I looked at it and said, I'm done smoking high! I read more about not
0: smoking, and it turned out I wasn't doing it no more.
1: And for ten, think about Ray Liotta, would rate how tough cigarettes are.
0: I'm known for being a tough guy, but cigarettes was tougher than me.
1: Story is the first category to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story,
0: and Mark, don't fuck on me here, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect 10. Shut up. <laughs> uh, this movie got a four for me, dog. Um, It is overly complicated, but I still think there are redeeming qualities to it. The framework of it is sort of intriguing and fits into that, like, bumbling psychology uh, genre of the early 2000s where you could just, like, you can leverage the dissociative identity disorder and just kind of use that as the setting for an entire film. People still
2: do that shit, Mark. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I have seen Split, and it was wonderful. It was quite good. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I gave it a three. Um, I understand what you're saying. This movie deserves very little credit, but I I like the blending of the Agatha Christie story <laughs> in with like an overarching narrative. I think that's an interesting way to present a much better story, but they go out of their way to indicate to you how stupid they are in ways they didn't have to. They're like, Hey, is there a way we could add a line in here that would just be totally indicative of our absolute ignorance
0: of this concept? Let's add that in. I, so, I do like, I, well, this didn't come up earlier and I meant for it to, I do like that in the movie, in the fucking movie, Amanda Pete is like, Hey, Everybody else, remember the other movie that has this <laughs> exact same plot. What if that's what I was this saying? When was they, that <laughs> when I was saying when it flips, it
1: beats you over the goddamn head with it? I gave it a three. Jake, <laughs> um,
2: I I I agree with what you're both saying. I guess I side a little more with Mark on this one. I gave it a four and a half.
0: Woo! I feel whoa. like
2: really whoa four and a half too too high. Uh no, I guess. The only enjoyment that I really got from this movie is kind of attributable to the story because like, as a first-time viewer, it's it's a twisty one. It's not like it's novel, but at least it does that
1: part all there's right. some credit to give. I, yeah, there's something. And and I am coming at it a little bit biased, because even the first time I saw it, it was wholly spoiled for me. A so. little bit, he says. A
0: little bit biased, he says.
1: Okay, Mark, the movie biased itself against me. The movie did that shit itself.
0: The movie biased <laughs> itself against me the moment Roger Ebert spoiled it for me. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Let's uh, get us into world building and immersion. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? You are not going to like this one, Jack. Uh, I oh. give this a five and a half. I think this is about average. Yeah. No, I don't okay. hate that score. Okay, cool. Um I, I I actually think the performances are pretty stellar across the board. There's a few scenes that are like kind of slapdick and put together poorly. Clea Duval and the relationship that she has with her boyfriend is way over dramatic. But outside of that, like the main characters, the rest of the characters in this movie are played pretty well and are entertaining to watch. You guys said <laughs> it was boring, which I kind of thought was surprising. I don't it it, it has a kind of deliberate pace to it, but Things continue to happen, like events continue to kind of churn out and things develop and then like once you get to that third half that Jake likes to talk about, it fully jump shifts and you kinda of, like already used up all the currency from the first half of the movie and now you're moving into this like totally different twist filled maneuver. So I I don't know, I actually felt like it progressed pretty well along and the other half the other side to this of why it's only average is because there's a substanti- a substantial a substantial amount of suspension of disbelief that you need to walk into this thing with. <laughs> I give it a
1: four. Um, I don't totally disagree with you, Mark. Although my the good. Parts of this score are coming from the world building rather than the immersion. Oh, sure. I, you yeah. said it, Mark. During the movie, they like this is a cool setting. This Nevada small town motel where they they like can't access anything else, and the roads on either side are flooded. That's that's an interesting thing, and I love it that one of the characters does actually try to leave on foot to overcome the flooding, and he's just back around in a loop. That's the movie's best concept. It's in the world building. That's really cool. From an immersion standpoint, I think it's bad. I disagree with you. I think two of the performances are good and the rest are poor. Um, but I also couldn't pay any serious attention to Ray Liotta's performance because of things <laughs> we've already discussed. So I'm giving it a four,
0: Jay. <laughs> I was carjacked by a coin cop pipe.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I really agree with almost everything you just said, Jack. I gave this a five uh it's world building based there what this does right from that perspective is that twilight Zone feel that it injects a few in it a few times uh immersion mark i guess on the boring thing the only other thing that i'll say here is boring might be selling it a little bit wrong but what it was was that i was incapable of giving a fuck it yeah, didn't no, do I'll anything boring Jake, I would anything. wager
0: that is true in your normal day-to-day life, regardless of whether or not you're watching a movie. Uh, okay, so I might be a <laughs> little bit biased. Cool. But well, that's, the that's answer. what I, I gave thought. it, oh, okay, Mark. got it.
1: <laughs> Mark, what's your scare factor score? Scare factor's our next
0: category. I, uh, okay, so I gave it a four. Oh, God.
1: Which might, oh. Be, which,
0: which might be a little bit high. Here's the thing, though. I remember watching this... The first time I watched this in admittedly in whatever I would have been fifteen sixteen when this came out, watching this in the theater with my then girlfriend and a, like a group of friends uh there were there were some there were some uh, eeks and and squeals and screams and stuff like this people is a milestone over here at a to Z Horner just a little peek behind the curtain. Mark
1: this is the first time you've ever referenced a high school girlfriend that isn't your current wife. That can't possibly be true. that's absolutely true not I'm not talking pat casts.
0: I thought this was like a whole bit that for a while there I talked about the going to the theater with my then girlfriend, current wife. Yes. No, 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 no. Almost. Oh, okay. Maybe that's just mis- misnomer on your part. Uh, almost none of those were my now wife. Oh, I'm
1: aware. I'm because I'm aware of the real life conversations, and I was there.
0: <laughs> Not during. The yeah, day. you were at a substantial I was there number the, of these. At all the dates, chaperoning you. If I remember correctly, and this is this is how I date this in my mind. Uh, With when I saw this, I'm pretty sure this would have her name would have been Kelsey, Um, (laughs) and we watched this and we had a good time and people thought it was pretty creepy and we emailed about it afterward and it was like I don't know it kind of stuck with you. Did you email or did you AIM? Oh, this would have probably been in the era of Yahoo Messenger. It might have been the tail end of AIM. Okay. So in our childhood, we had AIM, we had Yahoo Messenger, and then it all evolved toward MSN Messenger. So anywhere on that timeline. (laughs) <laughs> anyways what i'm saying is that this one actually did hit me pretty well the first time i watched it didn't really have that lingering thing this second time but so i'm upwardly correcting it a little bit because of historical bias so i i'm ready and willing to recognize that it's probably too high
1: yeah too there's a head in the dryer but there's nothing And the baseball bat down the throat like you guys said is kind of spooky but uh there's the the the, the scenes that are supposed to be suspenseful are actively not suspenseful and boring and i just i'm begging for something scary to happen so that I could just end the nonsense that I'm watching. So it's a two. Jake.
0: Does the toddler walking away from an explosion fulfill that void or no?
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's... It, in terms of things I was waiting for, I didn't know that was on the list. It was. But... <laughs> okay. It's also not a toddler in any way, shape, or form. A, five,
0: whatever. He's like six. Yes! Yeah. Jake.
2: <laughs> okay, thanks. I was, I, I, yeah, I, you had to throw it to me again. Jesus it Christ! He threw
0: long ago, long time Jack ago. and
2: I are on the same wavelength here. I, I'm going to give this a boost of a half point over what I had written down. I also had written down a two, but I'll give it a two and a half because of the spookiness of when we're recording this, given the uh, the importance they the numerology on that's going on. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Effects or judicial slack thereof, Mark.
0: Um, I gave this a five and a half. It's kind of just dead on average i don't really have a whole lot to talk about there's almost nothing offensive here but also almost nothing that's impressive yep give it a five for the yeah the explosion looks mediocre the rain is clearly cg whatever I-, I
1: gave it a five for the exact same reasons i don't adjust for budget if i did this would get like a two or a three <laughs> <laughs> jake yeah. how
2: about you uh same reasons different score i gave it a six
0: okay
1: all right Circle let's into
0: overall mark mark i (laughs) mark i think this i gave this a five and a half this is sort of a right down the middle average movie for me as far as horror goes i recognize this should probably be a little bit lower but to correct for that a little bit i actually do think this would be one that's relatively easy to recommend and easy people easy for people to just jump in and watch especially given the star-studded cast that it has like I can recommend this to almost anybody, and they're not going to have a bad time unless they're, say, like a neurotic lawyer uh, who's on a podcast with us. <laughs> well, I give it a three because I hate this
1: movie. Um, I think it truly sucks. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy watching it. And if not for the grace of Paul F. Tompkins, I would have had a lot less fun watching it this time. Jake.
2: Four and a half, so like right in the middle, pretty much, <laughs> which feels about right considering what ha- what transpired here today.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get a thumbs up, thumbs down. I want to go first here because Mark, you said something. This is an easy one to recommend. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I don't think I could recommend to people <laughs> because <laughs> to of how I ever. think it would affect their opinion of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't be the kind of guy that would recommend this movie that changes how people are going to think about me, unless it's with a. No, but you understand it's so bad it's good kind of thing, and I can't even say that about this movie. So Do you think this movie
0: is a... so bad that it's good? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, just no just just definitely clarifying, not. It's just clarifying. It's but not bad it's, enough uh, to be that.
1: Exactly. So it's just, just it's not bad good enough, enough to be bad. I, even if I had enjoyed watching it, which I absolutely didn't, I couldn't recommend it to people because of what they'd think of me for having recommended it. So
0: it's a thumbs down from this guy. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think this is a relatively easy recommend. you got to obviously be a little bit contextual, but... There's a spot for where you recommend thrillers, and this one is a like star-studded Hollywood blockbuster level, not quite blockbuster level, but thriller serial killer thing. Like people love that fucking shit. <laughs> Jake, I, I, I hate
2: having a tiebreak here. You make a really good point, Mark, with the cast. But like, given the cast, I still can't recommend <laughs> it. Like, I feel like. I feel like with this cast, I'm only disappointed in what Have I Have you got.
1: ever been interested in seeing some of your favorite people do a terrible <laughs> thing? Yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very in much a certain so. way. Yes. Yeah.
2: No. Most it's your thumbs TV down for me, man.
1: All right. All oh, right. Well, I hate being we on the losing side. Why don't we get the fuck out of here?
2: Yeah, let's 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 leave on that note. <laughs> this has been episode 183 of the A to Z Horrorcast. check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to z or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the links they're right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, today was a breaking news segment basically. Um, as he said, if you are here you're hanging out with us you like you like what we have going on uh you might want to consider becoming a patreon member because for the next three months at least we are going to be putting all of the money we get from patreon right to somewhere that actually does need it right now that is feeding america jack mentioned it And you, as a paying member, are going to get all the same great shit you would get anyway as being a Patreon member. So it's really a win-win. And we'll, you know, let you know more about that as we come to the end of these three months. But right now, we just want to do the right thing. And we want you to get the great content that uh, you would be paying for anyway. So give that some consideration. The link's going to be down there in the description below as well. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Guess where the link is? Yep, it's in the description. Next week, guys, it's the last movie in this crop of selections, and it's coming at us from one of our Patreon members. Can you guess what it is?
1: Hell yeah, it's Jaws.
2: It's Jaws. Uh, This one is one of the oldest movies we ever reviewed, but it was before the podcast, so it's going to be fun to revisit. It's going to be fun to talk about on air. And we're going to do that in one week. So until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Hacks. Horses don't get a second chance.